maybe when we have a two podcast episode day, because that's what you're getting, making up for a couple of missed days, really only Wednesday, President's Day was a holiday, but when we do a second episode, we should have certain different intro music, what do you think? Um, this is 94% about Cheap Fest. There have been several very large articles in the Blade required to share all of the exciting things that are happening for this year's Jeep Fest. Last year, 70,000 people, beautiful weather. And um, my friend Whitney Rovkar from Thread, the director, the empress, the creative energy behind the event is going to join me in just a couple of moments here to talk about all the great new things, including urban camping, something very big and extreme after the marathon, after the run on Sunday to do. Um, after the after the run, things kind of quieted down. Something was like a chill day. Not anymore. This is a longer event, a bigger event. Right after Whitney, I've told you on the air, I think I've told you here, um, both basketball teams for UT are really good. I think there's only, a, I told you this yesterday, there's only a couple of teams, men's and women's combined for uh, D1 schools, that have more wins than the men's and women's Rockets. So the programs are really good. Um, my friend Jim Heller, who I used to work with, uh, is the voice of the Lady Rockets. I have Jim on to talk about their hopeful potential run to March Madness, and some of the boys, some of the men, sorry, as well. Whitney first, then my good friend Jim Heller. Welcome to a second episode. Chief Fest uh, 2022, Miss Rovkar, is coming back, as you just said, coming back very hot, bigger than ever, right? Yeah, we're really excited about 2022. We are doing our signature parade and our signature vendor midway and a lot of things people love but we're also going to turn the volume up with some new activations this year. I, I have a billion questions. That's maybe probably an overestimation, like, <laughs> like a thousand, and I'll get you out of here before you want to start your weekend and everything. The first question, because I know probably a lot of people ask about this, and we get some calls, and I just see some talk online. When can we register for the parade? Because I know that's always a very important thing, and there's only so many amount of slots. So um, I think we had like thirteen or 1,400 vehicles last year. What's the buildup for the parade to get involved in that? Yeah, so we're expecting 1,400 vehicles in the parade again. So, you know, 1,000 every year, but but um, 1,400 this year is what we think we can manage. And parade registration and park and shine registration, and if you have a special Jeep that goes in the Seagate Center, um, all opens on March 1st. So all you do is have to wait a few more days, and then we're going to open registration for all those things. Uh, roll that back. Those two other things outside of the parade, what are those things that people can get involved in? Sure. So the parade is, everybody knows that the parade is an all-Jeep parade that starts around 11 a.m. on Saturday. But the park and shine is something we've created for Jeeps to come and park and shine um, who don't want to be in the parade. Maybe they have a family. They don't want to spend the time staging for the parade and in the parade. They want to use the restroom, get food, things like that. So a better option for them or like a Jeep that's a historic, like older Jeep that you don't want to have get hot and run in the parade. You know, there are a variety of reasons why you might not want to be in the parade. You might want a simpler option. So in this case, Jeeps can register um, and be a part of my park and shine, which is a one or two block area. Only about 100 Jeeps get to be part of this area. 
where you literally come down early in the morning, you park your vehicle, you get to hang out downtown, you get a prime location, like, you know, spot to watch the parade, eat at the food trucks, and you get to enjoy the festival and park your Jeep in a key um, central location in my footprint downtown. So that's the park and shine. Um, and you can't really do both. You either have to be in the parade and then get parked after the parade in my 20 block footprint, or you can be a part of the park and shine um, one or two block area where you come down, you park, you shine, you get to watch the parade and do all that stuff. Um, go, it's, it's kind of, it was amazing because I read the very long article in the blade the other day. And then there was another article, uh, to, to read thousands of words because there's obviously thousands of people, seemingly thousands of things to do at Jeep Fest this year. And I had this idea and maybe this is down the road, but maybe the thought has popped into your head. Um, it, it seemingly the footprint is growing and we can come to the Metro Park component in a second, but and I know you had mentioned some inspiration from Solheim. I, I one day in the future, especially how fast this is growing, seeing it being more than just a downtown Toledo event and maybe all over the area getting other places involved. And I, I know that's that's a vision for down the road, but has that thought creeped into your head at all? Yes. So we do invade 20 blocks of downtown for Jeep Fest weekend, and, um, and that's really exciting. But what... Um, you may not have been to Eric yet is on Thursday night over um, in the Adams street, you know, area and uptown, we do a kind of party over there on Thursday before Jeep Fest. So we expand a little bit out of like right downtown. And then we do hype events throughout the summer leading up to Jeep Fest. So last year we did an amazing hype event at Toledo Speedway. And we're going to do that again this year. And about a thousand people came out to that event. Another event that we really like to do getting out of our, our footprint, is Friday of Jeep Fest, August 12th, this year will be, and it has been this way in the past, we go to Monroe Superstore, and they have an 18 obstacle course that Jeepers love. And so we do a little party out at Monroe Superstore. So again, we are trying to get the whole region involved in, in some ways, but at the same time, my team does have to focus when we have 60, 70,000 people coming to downtown for Jeep Fest weekend, um, you know, Sometimes you have to focus and do things really well before you can expand. So, so we are trying to expand, but it's um, we're proceeding with caution, if you will. You have powers that you don't even recognize. From what I can remember, every year we've done Jeep Fest, it's, I'm not going to jinx it, their weather has been beautiful. So you keep up that good work and don't, <laughs> un, don't underestimate the powers you have. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, the first Jeep Fest um, in 2016, it rained and poured. And um, we had 40,000 people at that first half-day event. And that's when I realized that Jeepers are really rain or shine. They're ride or die. And I love that about them. But you're right. Over the next few years, we have been graced with beautiful weather. And, you know, knock on wood, I hope that happens again in 2022. I trust your powers. I trust your powers. Um, (laughs) I think the the flagpole that went up for my eyes of interest was, and it's, it's a neat idea. How did the Metro Parks get involved and explain the urban camping addition to this year's Jeep Fest? Yeah, I'm so excited about this new Middle Grounds um, Jeep Fest base camp. Um, and, and the history of that is really that the Metro Parks has been a partner of ours for a long time. GFest, one of the things I really pride myself on is creating amazing partnerships with, you know, this year we're doubling down on our partnership with TARDA, the Metro Parks. ProMedica is going to do an even bigger and better Friday night concert um, in partnership with Toledo GFest. So we would be nothing without amazing Toledo-based partners. And this Metro Parks one is a good one. 
Uh, last year, we started really talking about they have a fleet of Jeeps that help keep the Metro Parks running. Um, and they really understand that Jeep is important to Toledo, is important to our region. They're all about, you know, community, and so are we. And so we started to think about how can we collaborate. Um, in addition, Jeepers are overlanders. Like, they love to um, transform their Jeeps into, you know, camping uh uh, apparatuses and everybody does that in a different way. So um, the Metro Parks wanted to offer camping. We know that Mommy Bay and different campgrounds around the area sell out on Jeep Fest weekend. So what would make more sense than at the middle grounds, a downtown Metro Park, you know, can we have camping there that specifically is for overlanding like Jeep lovers? And then it's only a mile away from Jeep Fest where they can walk to and from and enjoy all the things that Jeep, Jeep Fest brings to the table. So this weekend-long urban camping should be really exciting for folks, and I'm excited to open registration, which won't happen for another month or so. Yeah. Will there be limited space? There will be. So this time we don't know how many camping spaces we'll have. Right now the Metro Parks crew is kind of figuring out how many campsites we can fit. But it won't be um, less than 50. So 50 campsites um, at a minimum, maybe up to 100, I think. And um, and those folks will be able to camp all weekend. We're going to bring in special showers and restrooms to make sure that um, while, while it won't be the Ritz, it will be a, a very nice campground. Um, and um, the Metro Parks have some other plans about bringing out their kayaks for down there, a climbing awesome. wall having a movie night potentially on Friday for the campers. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I've made a, a, a pretty fast good friend in Matt Killen from the Metro Parks. And yes. I I can see his imagination running wild with some of the great activities that they can pull out. Because I don't think people understand that they've got some, they've got a lot of mobile activities that you just mentioned. Some were at the uh, Glass City Metro Park. They've, the parks are not stationary with some of the activities they have. So they're going to really do it big. I'm glad they were able to partner with you guys. Yes, that's right. I'm really grateful too. Matt and I have a great relationship and we've been brainstorming a lot, you know, anything from archery to, you know, their climbing wall um, to, to some of their more like little kid focused, you know, learn about the plants kind of activities. It's, it's all to the good and Jeepers love it. Um, I'll come over to the kids stuff in just a minute because I have one event in particular I'm curious if coming back, but another new event, we're just talking about um, the, the rugged outdoor life of the the average Jeeper, I guess. What is going on outside of the Valentine? And paint this picture for me because I was just down there yesterday and I was trying to visualize what you're constructing. I can't see it, so blow my mind. <laughs> okay, so this year we are going to do an extreme trail-ready throwdown. And my friends at the Glass City Crawlers and my friends at Wicked Jeeps are going to help me produce this in the Paramount lot, which is near the Valentine Theater. It's the size of a football field. Ten different teams of Jeepers are going to compete in different challenges um, that would maybe occur on the trail if you're driving your Jeep and you break an axle or you get a flat tire. How can you react to um, these challenges in a team-like atmosphere, and, and can you do it with any speed? And so um, I think my friends at Buckeye are going to help me kind of like um, MC this and give me a stage and give me, you know, kind of like some some hype for the crowd um, that I'm going to bring in some some bleachers so the crowd can really watch the activities unfold. Um, and it should it should be a really fun event that's interactive. What we really heard from Jeepers in the past is we come to downtown. We love your vendor midway. We love the parade. But Jeepers want to 
see the Jeeps in action doing things. That's why people love to see the Jeep stack and, and, and things like that during my parade. But I really wanted to give folks an outlet to see the Jeeps um, and all they can do and the Jeepers and all the skills they have when they go out on the trail. So this is meant to be a fun interactive activity on Sunday um, after I do my signature run in the morning and before the Mud Hens play their game at 2 o'clock. So Excellent. this activity will be from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. on august 14th take note there are more days and hours to do things for jeep fest this year um and that included and okay you painted the picture really well it's i'm excited for this and what i was thinking of um, i can't wait to see this thing be constructed because last year there were uh was it like rc car remote controlled jeeps that were happening for for kids and even adults in the in this in one of the convention centers downtown Yes, we love that, and it's coming back. Good. So in the in the Seagate Center, those small um, remote control jeeps will um, will be on display, and they'll be vehicles that kids can drive around and you know experience um, the fun of driving a little jeep before they're old enough to drive a big jeep. It, it was wildly popular. You know, yeah. um, my partner in crime, Jerry Huber, designed a lot of that course and put a lot of love into building a big mountain and bridges and things like that. Um, so so that was fun and very popular last year, and so we're going to bring it back. And was the catalyst, or was that the catalyst to do the extreme trail course? Like, we can do this in the convention center. Let's get the, let's get the real Jeeps and do this. <laughs> no, they were really two independent thoughts. There's right. this huge group of folks that spend hundreds, even thousands of dollars on making these small Jeeps and it's like, uh, you know, has like a cult following among Jeepers. And then there's another line of Jeepers that love ca- the camping aspect. And then there's another group of Jeepers that love to take their Jeeps off-road and get muddy and do, you know, the trail stuff. So, and, and then some of them like to do it all. But but I'm really trying to listen to what factions of Jeepers like to do and and, and offer something, a little bit of something um, for everybody at Jeep Fest. Uh- Double question here. Uh, what, if anything, is there new for kids or kids in general? And are we doing Kids Zone again? Yes. So Imagination Station is a, a great partner. They've been since the beginning. And so they will host a Kids Zone down in Festival Park. I don't know what the elements of that will be this year. Every year we talk about a nerdy derby and different rockets going off. And Lori Hauser is a great partner uh, yeah. for that. And, and I don't know the details yet. And then also in Hensville, we will have inflatables in Hensville again. Lots of kids love to jump around and bounce around in there. Um, so both of those spaces, you know, kind of in different areas of my downtown footprint will be activated for kids. And I expect that they'll be really well attended and um, popular again. Uh, I guess this is my last question, unless there's anything else that I should ask you, aside from just a couple of, we didn't even do the dates yet, but um, that's easy <laughs> to find. Um, what about Solheim? I saw that in the Blade article. What about Solheim inspired new ideas for this year, or maybe just kind of challenged you like, hey, if they did that, we can do that? Yeah, okay, so great question. So what I noticed about Solheim was that Toledo and and Toledo businesses really rally around this whole like USA, you know, this patriotic, and, and that's no surprise, right? I mean, it's, it, it was a, it's a glorious um, event. And so GFS wanted to piggyback on that patriotism. So this year we adopted a red, white, and blue theme. Our new logo really plays into that. We have the Heart 419, Love 419 
um, on the bumper of our Jeep and our logo um, because we love our city. We love America. We love made in the USA. Like that's what Jeep is all about. So, so Jeep Fest this year is going to celebrate that. And I haven't told many people, but the first half of our parade route this year is going to have all 50 state flags awesome. um, because we are going to get a Jeep or a participant from all 50 states this year on our fifth year. So all 50 states on our fifth year is my big call to action for Jeepers across the country to really make their way to Toledo. And I don't think that's that far-fetched because 37 different states were represented last year in 2021. So, um, you know, we really want to shine a bright light on Toledo. I'm really proud that GFest has grown into this event that's a three-day-long economic driver that shines a beautiful light on our city, on the people of our city that, you know, love Jeep so much. Um, and so and so, this red, white, and blue theme was inspired by Solheim, and, and now we're getting really positive reactions. Like the new Tarta bus that we unveiled at the press conference the other day is wrapped in red, white, and blue, and people are just jazzed about it. So so that's very pleasing to me that, you know, we came up with this concept and it's it's getting a lot of fanfare. Sounds like uh, it sounds like I'm ready to do Jeep press right now. For I'll take the weather right now, but <laughs> I am very much looking forward to this. And I agree. I hadn't thought about it because, you know me, I'm, I'm in kid zone and I'm doing kid zone things. And I don't get to uh, spend a whole bunch of time uh, around the rest of the activities. But um, like the urban camping is a great idea. I love, I can't wait to see what happens, um, with the Valentine because I know, uh, when we done the, did the pre-events last year, the, there's activities for the Jeepers to do, but to see something like that, like there is nothing like that happening in a typical downtown and to see our downtown transformed into an extreme trail course is going to be awesome. Yeah, I think, um, you know, in the past, other events have been out at a fairgrounds and they have a lot of land to play with. And our event is really cool because it's downtown. It's the only one like that, but it does have um, hurdles and challenges. And so we're finding a way to activate this particular lot and do cool things with the Jeeps. So I think that will please our fans. And the last thing, Eric, back to like what you were talking about, about inspired by Solheim was, you know, fan fest was amazing. And Prometica did such a good job with that. And this year, Prometica is really stepping up for the Friday night launch Jeep Fest concert. They're bringing in a national country act. We don't know exactly who that is yet. They're not unveiling that until April 4th, I believe. But um, but they're going to do a huge barbecue-like atmosphere, cool. kind of like, you know, Fan Fest. They're going to have a whiskey bar, and they are really going to make that Friday night concert feel jeepy and like a, a launch to jeep fest and it's always been a great concert in the past a big kickoff to my weekend but this year um it's really gonna uh, the volume is going to be turned up and that's really exciting and that's something that was kind of inspired out of fan fest that we saw people of toledo and and from outside of toledo react well to and so it's a, a fun collaboration i'm excited to see who even though country is not my thing we got an A-level performer, at least on the pop side. I know there was another country night as well, but with Gwen Stefani. So I'm pretty sure that uh, that Prometica, and uh, and as I like to call them with my Prometica friends, Randy Bucks, will give us an incredibly world-renowned country artist to open up that weekend. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I haven't, for my whole life, haven't always been a fan of country music, but um, but I am now. I'm a, I'm a big fan, and I and I am excited to hear who they announce. I don't know who it is, so I'll learn with the rest of um, the rest of Toledoans. 
Um, I think you know who it is and you're just holding out on us, but that's totally fine. I'll be surprised with everybody else. And you, if I'm standing next to you and it's announced and you go, oh my God, I had no idea. I'll cover for you. Um, thanks for the time. This was awesome. I wish it was already here. I actually had a faux pas on the air the other day. I was like, opening day, because there's like baseball drama. And I'm like, the Mud Hens are having opening day. It's our biggest thing of the year. And I'm like, oh, no, that's now Jeep Fest. Sorry. <laughs> Well, you know, speaking of the Mud Hens, they're rebranding as the Mud Crawlers this year oh, to really great. lean into the Jeep, fe- yeah, Jeep theme. And when when Jeep Fest is happening that weekend, they'll be the Mud Crawlers, and there'll be a lot of synergy between what's happening over at the Hens and their ball games, and what's happening outside their walls at Jeep Fest. And they're a great partner as well. So, you know, circling back to the beginning of our conversation, um, Jeep Fest is really grateful for for all our partners. We're really grateful for all our fans for coming back year after year. And I hope that the new bells and whistles that we have for 2022 really please everyone. And I, I'm really grateful for your time today, Eric. Awesome. I thank you. I do have one last question. And I, I, I thank you for the mud crawlers. It's another baseball hat I can buy. Um, but also with crawlers, <laughs> you mentioned them briefly, but I think they deserve a little more shine uh, for people that don't know about them. This This is really a big deal and it's a big help to you with the glass city crawlers, right? Yes. Um, you know, I rely on 400 volunteers, approximately, um, UAW volunteers, glass city crawlers. Some folks come down from Michigan with wicked Jeeps, but you know, I really couldn't do, um, large things like the parade without the help of the glass city crawlers. Um, they just are a unique bunch. They give you the shirt off their back. Um, and they've been an amazing partner. You know, there's some specific people like Carrie Porter and Jeff Young that, um, yeah, they're just my good friends and they're very talented. And I can't say enough about them and their contributions to Jeep Fest. Hello, sir. How are you? Good, you? Um, God, that's, I, I can never answer that question. How, 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 ask me how the dogs are. How are the doggies? The dogs are amazing. They are the most grateful they're the thing I am most grateful for every day when I wake up because um, they are at the age where they could have had regular ailments, knock on wood, and they are aging like great whiskey. Gracefully, then. Yes. Uh, gracefully, athletically, like you'd never know their actual ages. Oh, it's tremendous. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but it was now time to speak to you. By the way, this is the legendary voice of UT Women's Basketball, the Lady Rockets, the one and only Jim Heller, um, dad of a great son who got sent up to uh, Northern Michigan to shovel, uh, dad of the long now gone peanut, and great husband as well, and my former coworker and friend. Is that a good intro? <laughs> That's a tremendous intro, man. What, what do you want, cash and small unmarked bills? <sighs> Are you still doing Valpac? Just send me some extra coupons. Well, uh, the funny thing is, I'm I'm about to be very soon. Good. Are you going back to it? Correct. We'll have to catch up and talk work things over some beverages soon. Uh, actually, I'm all I'm always up let, for that. Buddy. Let's do it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, I, and I won't ask you for that invite uh, or for the drinks now because hopefully you're planning to be busy over the next handful of weeks because you know better than me. But this Lady Rockets team is the best team since what, like 2013, maybe? Absolutely. Um, and that's saying a lot because that team in 2017 that came out of nowhere to win the conference tournament and get to the NCAA tournament's awful darn special, too. Well, I do remember that special. one. I do but remember that this one. This one, you're right. 
Uh, there is something about the chemistry of this group, and this is the first year that all of them have been together. We had a lot of holdovers from last year's team that went 12-12. and 12. It was very young, very green, learned on the fly. Um, they got a year wiser, and then they brought in a couple of transfers through the portal uh, and a couple of freshmen that are really contributing, and it has all just blossomed into this team that just finds ways to win. Um, they only have what? They have one loss in the conference, and they've clinched a uh, share of the MAC, correct? That is correct. Uh, if they defeat Eastern Michigan, uh, then they will win it outright, which is something they haven't done since 2013. Yeah, I the reason why this is kind of close to my heart is I remember you always bugging me that year, like because we had to get the games into the logs and rebuild the logs, and I'm like, who is yeah. this guy? And I just remember how good that team was. And a couple years prior to that team, there was also a really special team as well, right? Oh, yeah, you're spot on. That was the team that won the WNIT. Yes, and. Yes. You know, to put things into perspective, a lot of those players from that team were on the 2013 team that won the conference regular season title and then got beat in the tournament, which is kind of a mixed blessing. Uh, Being the number one seed, you know, everybody wants to shoot for that. Winning the regular season championship, everybody wants to shoot for that. But, But when you get that, and everybody goes to Cleveland for the tournament. Everybody's 0-0, and if you're the top seed, you're going to get everybody's best shot. Yeah. And so far, they have responded to that stimulus and responded to that challenge. What's the vibe around, um, first of all, it, there seems like there's a pretty, forgive my colloquialism, but it seems like there's a pretty dope new athletic director, um, a really talented person younger than me who's about to steer the program and you've got two red hot basketball teams at the same time which I can never remember in my time here so what's the vibe just around the support for the basketball programs with the new guy coming in and all that well uh, I think the fever pitch is long overdue now uh, keep in mind you're talking about a men's team that's playing very very well that has not been to the NCAA tournament in 42 years my life my life Uh, Yes, yes. Well, we are due to get back to the big dance. And for Todd Kowalczyk, who has, you know, been at this for 12 years now and just poured everything into this program and has come so close so many times, um, I I, I certainly hope this is the year they can kick the door in. Um, It it would be nice. Is there a... Uh, Because they are... They're a fun team to watch, too. It would be great if both could make it to the tournament because, at least personally speaking, that's something I've never experienced here. I mean, we've had we had some pretty neat bowl runs, bowl games and seasons under Matt Campbell. Um, that was exciting. Uh, independently, each team has had a couple of runs here and there, but to have them both do it together, I know that, that that's a stretch, but not impossible. For the, for the Lady Rockets, who are you hoping they maybe dodge? Who's a thorn in their side that could maybe – be a real problem for them in, in the MAC tournament? Well, I can tell you right now, without exception, that there will be four other teams in that tournament that can beat them, okay? Uh, just because they have played them, and the games have been very close. Um, we have played Ball State twice, beaten them twice by a total of six. Uh, we have played Akron twice, beaten them by a total of nine. We played Kent once and Buffalo once and beat them uh, each by nine. Okay, Uh, so any one of those four teams has enough gasoline in the tank 
to beat Toledo and win the tournament. Okay. Um, if they make the tournament, I'm hoping you get to go somewhere kind of fun. Like, I know you could get shipped to Anchorage and make the best of it. But I, now that we can uh, move about a little bit more freely, I hope you get to go someplace you really want to go to. Well, I've heard a lot of rumblings. And again, this is all conjecture, old friend. Uh, it means nothing um, unless you win the MAC tournament. Yep. And. Uh, for women's basketball, the MAC will only be sending one team this yep. year. In yep. years past, they've been able to send two. I, I, I just don't think the uh, conference, while it was very balanced this year, might be as quite as strong as it was two, three years ago. But uh, I digress. Um, I've heard College Park, Maryland. Cool. I've heard South Bend, Indiana. Nice. Uh, I, Either one of those, which are two great bastions of college athletics, would be fine by me. Yeah. Uh, the last time we did this, I got shipped all the way to Corvallis, Oregon. Mm. Well, I hope you get to take the trip, regardless of the seed or, or where you're going. Um, a great opportunity. Do you, uh, last question, do you ever keep an eye on South Carolina because of uh, Zia Cook? Absolutely, I do. Um, maybe more so because of the amount of respect I have for Dawn Staley. Me too, um, but yeah, you know where she's a product yes, of, I, right? Oh yeah, she's a product of Toledo Rogers. Would have loved to have seen her in Midnight Blue and Gold. I meant boy, Dawn, oh boy. I meant Dawn Staley. Dawn Staley. Yeah, I, I keep an eye on her. She is a product of Philadelphia and a Temple University legend, in addition to an American female basketball legend. Oh, see, I had no idea she was from Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was kind of a thing, I think, when she, I think she coached Temple for a minute, and then her career just took off, and she started getting pulled to all these national programs. But she is right, th- she is right there in a lot of ways um, with Philly basketball greats. And I'll put her up there with Chamberlain and Barkley and Iverson. She is a Philadelphia legend. So, yeah, I've always kept my eye on her, and I was excited to see maybe the best girls basketball player to ever come out of here go play for Don Staley. Well, uh, you know, they have a heck of a team, um, and I think they're going to make a deep run. You could put Stanford in that sentence, uh, Arizona possibly, um, Connecticut if they get healthy. Uh, Louisville, you can't sleep on, but South Carolina certainly will be in the mix there in the final four. I would be shocked if they weren't. Good to hear you. Um, good luck over the weekend. Hope they, uh, pull, pull their final wins out and, uh, head off to the tournament. Well, I tell you what, if all of those things come to fruition, I guess I have you to thank for it, which is fine by me. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, would, would be thrilled to uh, get together with you and have another one of these discussions after the conference tournament and all of your listeners on the podcast and on Q105 and, uh, you know, do all those things that you do so well. I have carried, I've tried to be the evangelist because we've had a bunch of tickets to give away for the girls and guys. And I, you know me, like I know who I'm talking to and I, I'm trying to oversell it to the casual listener. Like, both teams are really good. Be a part of this. So I've had some good interest yes. when, I've give, when I've given the tickets away, and I, I hope they continue to win. And I'm excited to see the city and what kind of goofy things the mayor does with uh, the Rocket mascot and and how the, the new athletic director could embrace all this if both teams knock on wood and get to the tournament. And you tell Trisha Kolb, I will take all the credit for this really great run. Well, uh, you know what? If that happens to be the case, 
Uh, I will give you all of the due diligence on the radio and say, you heard it here first. There you go. All right. Tell the family I said hi. Um, I miss you, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, be well, my friend. Always great catching up with you. Be safe. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Heller.